Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Today on Breast Cancer Conversations, you are going to be hearing from myself and William. We were actually streaming a live Facebook um, webinar, kind of just connecting with our community and decided to record it. It's something I want to do a little bit more frequently to give you, our listeners, more insight into kind of behind the scenes and what's going on um, from our perspective, mine and Williams, as we are continuing to innovate and create new programming for survivingbreastcancer.org. In this particular episode, we gear up for what's going to be taking place down at San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. We share about the hot topics that we're most excited about, our very full jam-packed schedules um, between exhibiting poster sessions and concurrent sessions, plenary speeches, dinners, etc., and all the good stuff that's taking place. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get started, if you are new to listening to Breast Cancer Conversations, I want to welcome you. I am so glad you're here. And I want to make sure that you also head over to survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events. So that way you can engage with us in a variety of ways. We host weekly support groups for all stages, inflammatory breast cancer and metastatic breast cancer. We have a variety of programs um, throughout the week from creative writing, expressive writing, art therapy classes. We have our breast cancer book club where we read books that have absolutely nothing to do with breast cancer. And we are recruiting actually right now for our second cohort of Encourage and Empower. It is being led by Gloria Shun, and it is for anyone who's been diagnosed with breast cancer and in their first year of a diagnosis. So this way we can bring the community together with similar experiences of what you're going through in those first 12 months. All of this information is on our website, Surviving breastcancer.org forward slash events. I also want to give a shout out to all of our amazing donors because this work would not be done without your continual contributions, your support. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, whether you want to go over to our website and hit donate now to keep all of our programs and services 100% free for our community, that is one way of contributing. And if you're not into um, donating that way, no problem. You can also show your support by selecting survivingbreastcancer.org as your charity when you shop Amazon Smile. And even on Amazon Smile, you can look for our wish list. And we have a variety of items that we are looking for so we can populate our breast cancer hope always care packages that we send out to those diagnosed with breast cancer. So many ways to get involved. If you're looking for volunteering, getting involved with our organization, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me, Laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. Welcome to the conversation. in quite some time. Actually, I'm not sure if ever, but it's something that I think we should be doing a little bit more frequently to keep you, our members and our listeners and community members, just like engaged with everything that we're doing. So for those of you who don't know, I'm Laura Carfang. I'm here with William LaFarrier. And we are the co-founders of survivingbreastcancer.org, a 501c3 nonprofit providing education, information, resources, community, like really the gamut um, for anyone diagnosed with breast cancer, their families, and their caregivers. So today, this is actually kind of exciting. It's Saturday. As you can see in the back window, it's like already dark out. Like I'm totally not into that right now. It's it's Moscow gray. (laughs) Moscow gray. We are gearing up to go to the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium 
SABCS. We are leaving on Monday. We're going to be exhibiting in the exhibit hall there. So if anyone is going to be live um, in San Antonio at the conference, definitely stop by our booth, booth 433. But then not just exhibiting, we're actually going to be attending a variety of workshops and sessions. Oh, cheers. Yeah, we are no shame here. We got our white wine and our beer. Cheers to all of you watching. And we're just getting really excited. We have to pack. We're bringing a lot of stuff because we're exhibiting. I think like I'm up to like several suitcases already. Um, William, I think you tried to convince me to like bring a carry-on for all of my clothes. I'm like, that's just not happening. <laughs> ne- I need <laughs> full-size carry-on. Um, and obviously different wardrobe changes because you know how we roll. Um, so I want to encourage anyone to like if you're watching and listening, like if you have questions, um, Oh, shout out to Val. Oh, my God. Love you. Okay. Um, But if you have any questions about breast cancer or things that you would like us to um, engage with when we're in San Antonio, um, put questions in the chat. We're going to be watching and moderating this live um, for this quick recording. Um, But I think we're just really excited. And this is the first time you are going to the conference, right? Yeah, I've made a couple of the other conferences, Philly, LBBC, and then uh, Vegas a few times for the NCOBC, as well as uh, ASCO in Chicago. Um, I'm really excited. I think, though, that we should start this off with uh, kind of our, a review of where Ooh. we're at at S, uh, SBC, uh, because there's been so much going on in the uh, in the past year, and that uh, I mean we're, yeah. we're working nonstop. It's seven days a week, and it's almost twenty four seven at this point in time. And I first off, I want to congratulate you on the phenomenal job that you've done. Love him p- putting together <laughs> this incredible five hundred one c three breast cancer community, and 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 uh, just supporting. Um, just thousands and thousands of of women and men in uh, about 81 different countries which i think is phenomenal you it, six years ago when you were putting this together with me and your dad and a few other uh, special guests um we had no idea that we'd be listened to and we'd be um on the receiving end of a search uh, search engines from um 81 different countries so the podcast certainly went out and uh, beat us to these countries. But now um, we have translated the website, uh, surprisingly enough, into it's ob- obviously in English, but we translated into Spanish, into um, Arabic, into French and into Italian. And yes, French and Italian are just as of like December 1. So like super exciting news for us there um, just within you know the last couple of days that that's gone live. So and and um, we're on six continents. Uh, we're we're uh, researched on six continents, and we use it as a as a valued resource. and And we contribute. Uh, we continue to reach out to the um, the various members, and there are literally tens of thousands of people that visit with us, that speak to us, that send uh, greetings and send uh corrections or send uh blogs or stories uh, poems and whatnot so that we can continue to carry the message to help and assist uh emotionally support uh, breast cancer survivors worldwide 
Yeah, I think we have, like, just speaking of our English countries, like, a huge following, um, you know, in Canada, which I'm super grateful for. Our friends um, down under in Australia, in Great Britain, um, which is amazing. And that's just in the English-speaking side. And then most recently, being able to offer some of our programs um, in Spanish. So people can now engage in downloading resources, like questions to ask your oncologist, questions to ask your surgeon, Totally translated into Spanish um, and also taking into cultural competencies and different cultural sensitivities um, around the Hispanic population. We're also offering, I think actually coming up this week, we're going to have our art therapy class being offered in Spanish as well. Um, We're doing that monthly Um, And then I would say two weeks from now, we're doing a support group offered in Spanish as well, and that'll be a monthly offering. So just lots of great initiatives, I think, to close out 2022. Yeah, it's called Despueste de un Diagnostico, and uh, it's spearheaded by Lourdes Harras and Brenda Coronado and uh, ably assisted by Vittoria, (laughs) Marta Vittoria Go ahead. Very long last name. I'm not even going to try. She has four names, and I can't do it justice, so my apologies, Marta. Yeah, but we're just really excited for the reach, um, what we've been able to accomplish. I think you also mentioned, you know, the 1% of males who have breast cancer. We've been so fortunate also to partner with Rod Ritchie, who is, you know, really well known in the breast cancer space, a huge advocate from Australia. And he is now writing a blog for us once a month, which is getting published on our website and communicated out through our weekly newsletters. So again, we're just really fortunate for all of you who submit your content, submit your stories, submit your poems, engage in our programs, and really help us elevate your voices and your experiences and getting it out there so that way we can go and continue to have such a huge impact um, in this space. So from a unique statistical perspective, we've hit uh, approximately 350,000 unique visitors that have come to the website looking for resources, looking for education, looking to share their stories. And most recently, when we uh, we translated into Spanish and Arabic, we picked up uh, an additional 12,000 translations of our Spanish website and we just rolled that out um, heading into August of this year and um, but we're, we're advertising that and and we picked up an additional 5,000 Arabic um, translations and now uh, we just rolled out the French and Italian basically yesterday and mm-hmm. we've already had 500 translations in Italian and some 200 translations uh, in French. Now French uh, is spoken in 29 different countries as the primary language and an additional 11 countries that uh, uh, is a secondary language yeah. which is pretty phenomenal. A lot of Africa, a lot of the Mideast, some uh, some Asian countries etc. and, and uh, we're, we're very, very happy about that. We're looking to watch that grow organically. We're looking for partners in French-speaking countries, in um, Arabic-speaking countries, and in Italian. Uh, obviously, there aren't as many Italian-speaking countries, but we're more than happy to work with uh, with uh, oncology teams and, and nurse navigators and, and whatnot in, uh, in, in Italy so that we can provide uh, a very safe uh, emotional resource uh, place for breast cancer survivors and their caregivers. Yeah. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never a dull moment here. And so, you know, what I think is super exciting about this conversation that we're having right now is that, like, this is what William and I do day in and day out. Like, we talk SBC. We are strategizing 24-7. Um, you know, we we have dinner together and we're talking about SBC, how we can have an impact, how we can reach more people. Um, 
sometimes we wake up in the middle of the night like, hey, I got an idea. I just had this dream. The answer came to me. This is what I'm thinking. And so, you know, I think that's kind of part of the fun, but it is definitely a labor of love. And um, yeah, we want to go out there and make sure that we're building and creating resources for you, our, our members, our community. And we couldn't do that without your continual feedback loop and what you're interested in receiving, the programs that you're interested in engaging in, et cetera. And so super exciting there. So from the perspective of uh, new growth opportunities, obviously the the uh, multi-language translations offer an awful lot of uh, potential growth for us. We're certainly looking to in- in- increase our conversion rate on the website in the United States, but also uh, we're looking to uh, we're looking to that growth model to to carry us forward into virtually eighty countries around the around the world because breast cancer has no limits. Uh, it, it's statistically one out of eight women and one percent of men, but. Um, in chats that we've had with some fairly knowledgeable people, including Gloria Shun, who offers up our our um, meditations on uh, a Monday, uh, she hails from uh, she hails from Toronto. She's a she's just a wonderful, wonderful woman, and very bright and very capable. Uh, uh, ex- retired yeah. executive from multiple large corporations. And she's looking as a breast cancer survivor. She's looking to give back to the community and looking to assist. We've got all sorts of programming going on with her. And, and yeah, she's actually going to be starting in addition to the uh, Monday meditations. She's actually, we're right now on our website. You can actually sign up for our second cohort of encourage and empower Maybe it's Empower and Encourage. I forget the exact name. The EE program, um, which is for people who are diagnosed with breast cancer within their first year of a diagnosis. And so this is an excellent way for people who are going through the experience and in the same phase of a diagnosis, learning the new terms, going through treatments and all of that within their first year. Um, And so we're going to be we're taking RSVPs for that right now. And it's actually going to kick off, I want to say, January 9th and run for eight weeks. So that's a very exciting program. And one of our first programs that we're doing that is actually like a committed eight-week sequence that builds off of each other. So, um, you know, as opposed to most of our other programs that are drop-in, come, you know, there's there's very little commitment outside of that one hour, so to speak. Um, I'm really excited to see the impact that we're going to have over time, over an eight-week period, and then how this cohort is going to be able to um, feel supported through their experience with breast cancer. And like all of our other programming and events, it's totally free. It's free to all breast cancer survivors. It's free to their caregivers and their family. It's free to the medical professionals, etc. And we're just looking to uh, further collaborate with people to bring to, to bring the best possible uh, end product and and uh, resource to uh, breast cancer patients um, globally. Yeah. Can we talk about SABCS now? I'm like so just excited. About, just about, <laughs> before we get there, what were the uh, what were the three highlights for your year in 2022? Oh, that should be like a whole other like podcast it recording. It is. We can just you know, give them okay. just the a highlights. Brief I think highlights. going into Spanish was like a huge success for us. That you know, I don't think in January of 22, I didn't know that that was going to be our reality, and so that was really exciting to be able to. Um, secure funding and now offer our programs in Spanish. So explain what, where that came from. Through our grant, actually. No, with, no, no. Prior no? to that. What, prior? what drove us? Oh, well, okay. I love how he's like feeding me these questions and he already knows the answer. Softballs. 
<laughs> so we were at the ASCO conference in 2022. I want to say in June. It was the American Society for Clinical Oncology. And so many people came to our booth asking, you know, is are your services and programs scalable? Is this something that can be offered in my country? And so many people from Latin America, South America, frankly, all over the world, but mainly South America and Latin America were coming to us asking for this. And so that really started to get like the the wheels turning, I would say, and just us thinking about, okay, there's clearly a demand. People are asking for this. So how can we go and make it possible? And so that was in June. And then I would say we strategized, we put together proposals, we figured figured out what we had to do, started talking to some of our colleagues um, to, to generate their level of interest. And then by end of August, we were able to secure um, funding from our very gracious sponsors at Gilead to actually now offer these programs in Spanish, which like talk about like having an idea working our butts off this summer to make something a reality. And then all of, you know, September, October, November, December, we've now been able to offer our programs um, in Spanish, as I was mentioning, the support groups, the monthly art therapy classes, and there'll be more coming. So what what's real interesting, and, and we just put together a, a blog with regards to breast cancer in the Hispanic community, and there's, there's an awful lot of uh, statistical relevancy with regards to uh, cultural issues um, that the Hispanic women are are undergoing and most typically they 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 keep it a little bit too close to the vest and they're not um, they're not getting ahead of where they need to be with regards to screening and with regards to uh, uh, self breast examinations and and whatnot and and what we're finding is that uh, statistically there's uh, even though there are fewer Hispanic women who are diagnosed with breast cancer by virtue of the fact that they're slower to get their screening for whatever reason it might be economic might be um, cultural might be religious who knows but um, ultimately that presents a danger because if they do have breast cancer and they have a significant risk of uh, triple negative breast cancer which is just a whole nother nut by itself and therefore they're running into a whole host of, of, of problems and we are looking to try to rem- uh, educate and, and help sponsor um, self-breast exams and help sponsor quicker uh, screening and, and introduce them to technologies and whatnot in an effort to, um, to, yeah. to beat back that statistic. Well, I think what's really important there is that we've built out a Spanish team. So I think when we're in San Antonio, um, we'll try and come back on live with uh, Brenda as well as Lourdes because, you know, we can't necessarily be like the white woman talking about, you know, the the needs necessarily of a population that we can't relate to 100%, right? It's not my lived experience. But I think having, you know, people who speak and look and act and understand the culture, sharing this information is really at the the nut and bolts, I would say, of, you know, the, the impact that we're able to have that way. And so I'm really excited about that. So we felt that it was an epiphany uh, to have these discussions with these international uh, on- oncology teams, et cetera. And there are about 30,000 in attendance at Chicago at the McCormick Place downtown. And um, when we first started to chat with a, f- a few folks, they said, no, don't go there. Just concentrate on what you're doing in the U.S. and stay focused and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, one of our 
one of our, our favorite uh, uh, survivors who's been traveling all over the world once she was diagnosed. She's in Mexico and she gets in touch with Laura and says, there is nothing down here to support breast cancer, um, the breast cancer community. And so t- talk about an epiphany that it, it just really struck yeah, home. The so. stars are really aligning, right? Like a dear advocate friend of ours was in Mexico, um, you know, just we had some people already in our community who were fluent in Spanish and really interested in this initiative. Um, so, so yeah, we, we made it happen. So that's cheers to us. I think that cheers. should be a, Salute. a cheers. Salute. So that's the first highlight of the year. What's your second? Oh gosh. Can we just stick with one for now? No, let's go at least two. At least two. Oh my God. I got to think I wasn't prepared All right. for like the, uh, reflection on like the things that I'm most <laughs> proud of this past year. Well, I'll take the, I'll take the next one, and, okay. and the the third one is actually the retreat. But the second the second one was having all these volunteers and all of these mm. um, uh, consultants coming in working for us. We're, we're doing expressive writing. We're doing artist therapy. We're doing Zumba classes. We're doing yoga. We're doing um, uh, meditations, etc. All again, all in support of. Um, uh, of ameliorating the the emotional impact of breast cancer. And so uh, from that perspective, it was a phenomenally successful <coughs> year and stressed the hell out of Laura. <laughs> but I love it. I, I think it's incredible. And, and just to be a part of an organization that uh, is, <coughs> is counted on by so many and in so many different countries. So I'll let you chat about your uh, wonderful retreat up in Waterville Valley. Yes, I don't know why. I think when I started an organization, I was like, we need to somehow bring people together in person for a retreat. And I'm not thinking like huge numbers either. Like our retreat was very tailored and high touch with high impact. So my sweet spot was like somewhere between, you know, 15 to 18 people max for a, um, what was it? I think it was three nights, four days over a long weekend, a Friday through a Monday retreat. And it was for all stages. And we got to meet each other in person, which I think was super impactful. Just like, especially coming out of COVID, right? Like we've we've been on the Zooms, we've been virtually connecting with each other. We've been in different groups online, private Facebook groups, private SBC groups, et cetera. But then to like see someone that you've been connecting with all year um, in person, I think was really powerful. We also brought in our um, art therapist, instructor as well as uh thomas dooley who does our expressive writing classes and so we had all of these programs woven into our you know three-day retreat it was in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire so we were in nature we were looking at beautiful sunsets over the rolling hills william i have to give a huge shout out to did all of the cooking um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner times, what, three meals a day across, what, 15 to 18 people across four days. I think that was huge. That was a heavy lift. Exhausting. But amazing food, um, healthy, nutritious, um, comforting. And delicious. And delicious. And so, you know, it's something that we're looking to do in the future. Um, and probably something, you know, if you know of any funders out there, we are looking for funding. Um, so that we can host these retreats more. Again, like I said, I think the impact is on that intimacy of, you know, 15 to 18 people where people can really get to know each other. We're not trying to scale in the terms of bringing 50 people together for a retreat, but rather host multiple retreats throughout the year 
um, it, with these small numbers so that people can really connect. I think we're thinking about places like Sedona in Arizona, potentially Colorado, um, obviously. Estes Park. Estes Park. Yeah. So really just like beautiful places for healing and bringing the community together as well. So that's, I think, one thing that we've done in 2022, but something that's also on the horizon as we grow into 23. So it was so incredibly successful. And, and one of the one of the things that we'd really like to do would be to do one of these every quarter. And in order to do it, it cost us about $25,000. In order to do that, we would like to secure a very large house, either on the ocean, at a lake, in the mountains, someplace where we can get people away from from the the Madden crowd and and just get into a, a, a therapeutic um, a weekend uh, for healing mm-hmm. and uh, so we're looking for people if you're out there and you, and you know somebody that would <laughs> like to donate a house to us for a weekend for twelve to fifteen survivors that would be absolutely wonderful and in addition to that uh, because what what we what we have seen over the past we have um we've been nonstop working with various groups etc and and we've taken part of several bucket list um, campaigns and one of the campaigns was zip lining and another campaign was whitewater rafting and hiking etc um we would we would like to put together an, an NBC um uh, a, a bucket list programming and we're looking to secure a, a, a recreational vehicle that'll sleep six to eight people, new or relatively, uh, 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 relatively up to date so that we can, we can transport people into the national parks all over the country. We can transport them into historical cities, uh, into mountains, into, uh, uh just beautiful vistas, et cetera, and, and satisfy some bucket list items. Um, particularly for uh, the metastatic uh, folks. And um, it's just something that we're really looking to help. And, and that to me was the biggest kickback uh, that, that I got um, from that raft trip. We had several NBC folks from Staten Island that came down to join us in, uh, in uh, Pennsylvania in the Lehigh River, I believe. Yeah. And um, this one gal, she's deceased now, and, and she just... She couldn't even get over the gunwale, and we had to help her over the gunwale. And she just had a ball. She just had a ball. Just being on the water in the rapids, chasing yeah. us because I splashed them just to try to <laughs> just to try to get them to to be in tune with Mother Nature and the and the, the 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 river and and water and just to have fun and and to to explore that side of their life that they'd never done before. So that's part of the bucket list program. There'll be more to follow on that uh, in the uh, in the short term. So. Um, let's go to uh, San Antonio. All right. Oh, my God. Okay. What I originally thought I was coming online to talk about. (laughs) Um, So we are gearing up to go to SABCS, San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. Um, I have just been spending all day looking at the program, the schedule. I, I can't tell if it's like Disneyland or like you know, spring break for like breast cancer advocates or, you know, I'm trying to figure out the vibe. This will be my third time going and I feel overwhelmed, but in a positive way, um, it's the largest breast cancer conference, um, in the world. I believe it's going to attract roughly 10,000 oncologists, uh, radiologists, surgeons, breast cancer advocates, pharma, industry, medical, et cetera, from all over the world. Um, coming into San Antonio. They host it every year. I think this is their 40, 
40, oh, I forget, 43rd, 45th year of hosting the conference. It's always the first week of December, and it's specific to breast cancer. So unlike ASCO, which I also really appreciated, which was for all oncology, um, this is particular to breast cancer. So it's really like niching down into everything that we need to know. It's also an opportunity for all of the researchers and medical professionals to literally showcase and highlight the results that they're finding from all of their clinical trials. It's literally like the place to be to find out what's happening in breast cancer. And when we all come back to, um, you know, back to reality after the conference that Monday, things that we learn from that conference is going to go into practice in the clinical setting, which I just find like the most exciting. So, so just to highlight what goes on in San Antonio, when Laura was diagnosed, we had this incredible oncologist, uh, Jack Urban, mm-hmm. who has deceased uh, and left us. He was a, a, a brain cancer uh, patient as well. But he would attend these sessions in San Antonio, and he would sit down with us to discuss the most recent scientific developments. And as we are quick to point out, the science is far ahead of the standard of care. And mm-hmm. the two have to meet up as quickly as possible in order to to save as many uh, uh, people as possible from the deleterious effects of, of cancer. So um, a credit to uh, Jack. He was just a phenomenal oncologist and um, uh, his standard of care was beyond the pale. I have to give a shout out to our team because we are going to have people live tweeting through the virtual sessions as well. So um, if you follow us on Twitter, SBC underscore ORG, we are going to be going to a variety of sessions and live tweeting there as well. And at the end of every session, posting a recap of the day. So that way you guys can kind of feel like you're there with us um, and, and engage with us that way. So that'll be on Twitter, which is SBC underscore ORG. All right, but like some of the things I think I was talking about that I'm so excited about is the the even though they are concurrent sessions and I was kind of stressing myself out a little bit earlier trying to put together my schedule over the next couple of days. Some of the topics that I'm going to be going to are around um, this new concept of her too low. So what came out of ASCO and that has been continuing in the in the con- conversation has been if you are you know, it's not quite black and white. So, you know, you could be HER2 positive and you could also be HER2 negative. And what they're discovering is that there's actually this HER2 low where you might have a percentage of your breast cancer that is showing some small percentage of HER2 positive um, characteristics. And that is going to open the gate for a whole bunch of people who typically fall into the triple negative space but if they are her too low and not necessarily her too negative, meaning it could be not 0%, but 1% or 2% her too positive, there might be new targeted therapies for that particular type of uh, breast cancer. And so I think that's going to be a huge disruptor in a positive way. Um, I think there's going to be one of the sessions I'm going to is actually called Controversies in Breast Cancer. And we're going to be talking about that, mm-hmm. understanding, you know, what what the treatment now is going to look like for someone who's diagnosed, um, you know, ERP or negative and then HER2 low. What is that going to look like? Secondly, I'm also really interested in some additional 
hot topics and controversies around endocrine therapy. So for the longest time, people have been prescribed um, endocrine therapy for approximately five years. And then I would say, like, even two years ago, the pendulum swung and it was saying, okay, if you are premenopausal or depending on your age or all of these other characteristics, it might behoove you to stay on tamoxifen or an aromatase inhibitor for up to 10 years. And now studies are starting to come out, well, you know, what is the benefit between seven and 10 years on endocrine therapy? And is it actually beneficial to stay on something for 10 years or does the patient get the maximum benefit at year seven or year eight? And so I'm going to be attending some sessions on endocrine therapy and kind of figuring out what the new data is showing and what that translates to in terms of the conversations we can feel empowered with to go and talk to our oncologist about um, whether you're on an AI or tamoxifen and kind of mapping out that kind of personalized plan based on your particular tumor characteristics, um, grade of cancer, stage of cancer, et cetera. So I'm really excited for kind of all of those topics. Um, I'm in a situation actually where I'm approaching my five-year mark on an aromatase inhibitor. I know it's super exciting, but then it also kind of opens this door of like what happens next. So I'm definitely personally interested in some of those topics. We're also going to see a lot of topics on um, health equity, and I think this is going to be a huge trend and something that is going to be at the forefront of what everyone is talking about. There's going to be some excellent um, medical professionals moderating panels alongside patient advocates. So I think having both the, the medical and the patient advocacy forum on there on stage talking about this is also going to be another huge opportunity. Um, so those are some of the topics that I'm most interested in. I think we're booked from like nine in the morning until like nine at night. Um, yeah, well, it's going to be a little overwhelming, but I do hope that we can come back on to our Facebook page yeah. and also give live updates like at the end and just, you know, you're going to see us tired, but you're also going to see us super enthusiastic um, sharing what we're finding out from the conference. So I do hope you um, continue to engage with us. So so two of the biggest takeaways from Chicago's ASCO uh, conference w- had to do with uh, in the Inhertu um, um, uh, medicine, and that was with regards to providing an additional six months time to MBC um, uh, patients who have gone through all of their various lines, and the, there wasn't a lot of hope at the end of the tunnel. And even though it was only six months on average, that's still six more months in in which to to uh, to offer uh, to offer hope to our metastatic community. I'm also very interested the other item that was so hugely popular in um Chicago at ASCO was the circulating tumor cells mm. the CTC and I and I yes. uh, our scientists that we're working with over here in Cambridge are are leading uh, components and, and very interested in, in the topic. And and so are we, uh, as the science gets better and better, they will ultimately be able to, they can diagnose it, but they can't seem to um, uh, 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 resolve certain issues with regards to that. And as the science gets better and better, I think that we're going to see some incredible advances in in uh, on, on the medicinal side. Yeah, we've signed up for a couple um, talks and dinners, um, one specifically around molecular imaging. So how people can go through different scans and the different agents that are used for, you know, identifying some of these circulating tumor cells and using that 
either instead of or in conjunction with biopsy. So for example, if it's um, if your tumor is in a very hard place that's hard to biopsy, perhaps some of these molecular images um, tests and scans can provide more insight for your oncologist um, to help make informed treatment decisions. So super cutting edge, really exciting. Um, Much like Seriana. Yeah, and, and full disclosure, like we don't have a medical background. We're not giving medical advice. We're just kind of trying to the best of our ability provide in understandable terms my understanding, our understanding of what's taking place in the industry. This will also help us inform future podcasts. And so one of the other things that we're excited about is um, is connecting with doctors and the medical professionals to get them on our podcast, Breast Cancer Conversations, asking them some of those questions, helping getting them in the docket for a future webinar that we can promote on our website and you guys can sign up to so we can actually talk to those doctors about what um, is taking place in the industry. And then also... Sitting in on all these sessions will also inform our blog content. So I'm also really excited for some of the blogs and the topics that we'll be having um, writing. So again, the work is never done. We're going to this conference and we have a lot of writing to do afterwards. Um, but again, it's really just to um, to get all the information out there. Oh my God, shout out to Meg Z as well, who I get to see in person Hi, Meg Z. Um, in San Antonio. So we're looking forward to that too. Cannot wait to see you. Um, I know you mean Abigail need to do our like threesome photo, so that'll be ha- happening. Um, but yeah, we're just we're just stoked. I got a lot of packing to do, um, and you'll be getting live updates from us all throughout the week. So there you have it. Right. Definitely follow us on social media. Like I said, um, live updates on our Twitter account. SBC underscore ORG. You can also follow us on Instagram. I'll be posting live to our stories and that's at surviving breast cancer org. All one word. So I think that's a wrap. Peace out. Love you guys. Thank you. And thank you all for listening and tuning in week after week here on breast cancer conversations. Please be mindful that all of our content and information is for educational purposes only and is never a substitute for medical advice. If you want to hang out, again, please check out survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events, where you can RSVP to our Thursday Night Thrivers weekly meetup, our Movement Monday classes, workshops, seminars, and so much more. We can also continue the dialogue online via social media. Our Instagram handle is survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, and you can follow us on Twitter at SBC underscore ORG. Until next time, keep on thriving.